Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, and this is going to be episode five of The Informed Catholic. Episode five of The Informed Catholic of 2021. And, um, well, I'm going to say it. The Democrats are perverted. We knew they are. We, we always knew they were perverted, but they are perverted. I think I'm going to use a word that they, they no one likes because it's considered politically incorrect, but they are truly retarded. Absolutely. They can't do political correctness without sounding stupid, without coming out stupid. I don't know if you heard, but they opened up a prayer for the 2021 117th Congress. They brought out a pastor who gave an inclusive, inclusive prayer. And, well, you're going to have to listen to it yourself. Give me a minute. Here it is. We ask it in the name of the monotheistic God, Brahma, and God known by many names, by many different faiths. A man and a woman. Can I play it again? We ask it in the name of the monotheistic God, Brahma, and God known by many names, by many different faiths. A man and a woman. A man and a woman. Where did this man get his theological training from? A, a crackerjack box? There's no such thing as a woman. Amen has nothing to do with gender, has nothing to do with masculinity. There is no such thing as a, as a woman or a woman, whatever you want to call it. Amen comes from the Hebrew. It was adopted into the Greek by the Septuagint and into the Latin. The word amen or amin means so be it. May your will be done. As you will it. The modern Arabic takes it from the Aramaic and Hebrew. Amin. That's where it comes from. It, it means may the will of, of the Almighty be done. How pathetic can you get, can you be? I know I'm not being very charitable about this, but this is what gender ideology, progressiveness, inclusiveness brings you. It makes you sound stupid. And this is what they've done. We're going to, and then Brahma, Brahma. The Hindu pantheon has many, many, many different gods. Brahma is the most highest one. Okay? Whatever you want to say about Hinduism, I'm sure it's very interesting to study it from a, from a philosophical, anthropological uh, approach. But <laughs> Brahma and monotheistic god. This is what happens when they want to create a one world religion, one of the call a global religion. This is, I guess this is part of the great reset. Reset your brain down to stupidity, your whole theological view. This is what it is. This is what, this is what it becomes. It's unbelievable. Remarkably unbelievable. When it comes to religion, they botch it up and they make it even more stupid and more ugly because they, 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 they try to navigate 
and they navigate and they wind up hitting rocks. And they, they, they attack conservatives and Republicans and say, you deny science. Remember that? Remember how they attacked Trump and, and said he denied science? When businessmen and many entrepreneurs look to science and industry to improve and increase business and productivity. All right, they're the ones that have, in a sense, denied science. They, they use the whole mask as a means like some kind of talisman to chase, a, you know, to, to make you believe or chase away the, the, the so-called evil, evil COVID-19 spirit. You ever look at those films when they show the, like the Black Plague and you see people where they walk around with these horrible masks through the streets that look like some kind of like a bird with a giant beak. Well, they used to stuff it with a cloth um, soaked in vinegar and some other concoctions. That's basically when you see people walking around wearing masks. You see some people go on go on a train station and they're wearing a giant mask uh that looks like something out of a you know nuclear plant or something and they got these like filters on both sides that make them look like giant ants like you know like, you know like if human human like ants that's what it looks like that's basically what it is it's the same thing we brought back the medieval um superstition and, you know, it's funny, I learned a couple of things about the Democrats. I was listening to a uh, YouTube channel with Tim Gordon. Timothy Gordon had Father Mitch Paqua. You should go on YouTube. And Father Mitch Paqua uh, revealed some um, interesting um, historical uh, views about the Democrats. The, the fact that they did bring down all those statues during the summer, the Confederate, because they were all Democrats. All of them, all of them were set up by Democrats. And the interesting thing is, I didn't know that the modern, the so-called, um, I guess you can say, uniform of the KKK, the uniform that we see them wear now, uh, that Senator Burt, you see, he he's supposed to be the Grand Dragon, the one that Joe Biden went down there and gave his eulogy, and even Obama uh, and Hillary honored him. The one they had in Virginia, they had several... Uh, I think highways and other things named after him. The outfit that they wear is was invented relatively later when during the filming, the movie that they made, a so-called um, infamous Birth of a Nation, where you see the KKK riding around on horses with fancy hoods. That was invented by Hollywood. They actually do have a Ku Klux Klan museum somewhere in the South. And they have a outfit. They, the outfits that they originally wore was made by canvas sacks, burlaks, homemade. It was never fancy. They weren't what you call very into fashion in the beginning. They changed everything when they saw what the movie, The Birth of a Nation, Hollywood decide to give them more fancier uh, hoods with crosses on them, perversions of the Christian cross. Actually, many of them actually came from Scottish background. Many of these uh, Southern members of the KKK, uh, and they, I looked it up myself, and they actually took images like the cross of, of St. Andrew, cross of St. George, um, Scottish Welsh background. A lot of them came from Calvinist background, Lutheran background, many of them, some of them from German background. And they actually, you know, um, they, uh, but, but many of them didn't really went ahead and designed them very fancy. It was very convenient designs. They just simply took a bag, a potato sack bag, or some kind of sack, a, a canvas bag, and they cut holes into them so they can see, and they cover their heads. Now, 
that's all it was. But later on, they just decided to make it more fancy because Hollywood gave that impression to people because that way they can march. And they marched in Washington, D.C. Woodrow Wilson admired the KKK. He might have been a member of them. I know he, he basically had a, a son-in-law or a nephew that was a member of the KKK. And interesting, another thing is... Uh, uh, FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, when he passed that bill against the Japanese, that to in to encamp them, to to uh put them in camps, that was never revoked by the Supreme Court, because they were all Democrats. He wanted to pack the courts himself. He wanted to, he wanted the Supreme Court to work to his advantage, and he wanted to pack them himself. All right, I know I'm gone. I'm going ahead of myself, and I would I wouldn't even start off with a prayer, and I apologize. So um, it just upset me the whole thing of that Congress and that man saying that all men and all women, and putting Burma. I mean, I have nothing. I I am not going to say anything bad about Hindus. I actually admire a lot of people. I have friends who are Hindu, and I admire them. It just sounded so pathetic and stupid. And and Nancy Pelosi pushed for inclusiveness. She wanted to get rid of. I'm gonna I'm gonna read you an article. I'm gonna read you an article, and there's several things we're gonna go over. But let's let's start off with a prayer, and I'll ask the Lord forgiveness for my harsh words as well. So I ask you all to forgive me as well if I sounded very uncharitable. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now, the hour of our death. Amen. My God, I'm heartily sorry, for I have sinned against thee, for failing to do which was right, and committing that which was wrong. But above all, because I have offended you, you, my God, who are all good and deserving of all my love, I firmly resolve with the help of your grace to sin no more and to avoid the occasions of sins. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. All right, so I'm going to start with an article. All right, so Doug Mainwaring of LifeSite News. January 4th, Monday, January 4th, 2021. House Dems ban words like father and mother and prayer with amen and ah woman. We are witnessing a coup against reality, against science and against nature and above all truth. As liberal elites seek to establish and enforce a false construction of reality. That is, uh, that's very good. That's actually very good. I like that. And um, I, I'm really serious. You should check out Father Mitch Pack was uh, w with um, um, as he's being interviewed by Timothy Gordon. Mitch Pack was uh, goes over history. History is a very important thing. And the Democrats, basically, I think their biggest problem, and this is my own conclusion, is that they cannot be at peace with their perverted past, their sins of the party. It's, 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 it's obvious because they can't, they can't, they can't do it. The party was founded by racists. It was meant to be an elitist party and it was meant to be a white supremacist party. And the problem is, is that you cannot, 
you cannot, any idea, ideas carry, carry a, its own life and its own perverted spirit. The party itself was founded in a perverted way. Someone like Thomas Jefferson, who was the founder of the Democratic Party, was most likely a man who could not in any particular way um, come at peace. He was an elitist. Thomas Jefferson, as much as he was a genius, was also an elitist. He could not come to at peace with his probably with his understanding of race. He believed in the truth of the fact of all men are created equal before their creator. But whatever he was raised with, whatever his understanding about race, who knows? I just don't think he fully, uh, maybe because it, maybe because of his childhood, maybe because of his father, maybe because of the men around him. Um, sometimes it's not it's not easy. And then, of course, the fact that the South, um, many of them lived off slave. They wanted to keep their aristocratic life the aristocratic life that they wanted and they needed and, and slaves helped them to keep that aristocratic lifestyle. Well, anyway, I just don't think it's possible. I think the problem is they can't do it. And I think many of them are people who can't come to peace with, uh, with their own perverted ideology. They can't come to peace. A lot of them, if you talk to them, like especially like Marxists, they're not peaceful people. They're not happy people. And it's true what I think Plato and Socrates and Aristotle said, uh, one of them said it, uh, every revolution is not necessarily about, about changing the world. It's usually a personal, emotional thing. A person, him, he, he himself or she herself with the, with the revolution ideas is, is, is not at peace with, with their own soul. They're at war with themselves. All right. All right. So let's go. Let's continue here. LifeSite News uh, is facing increasing censorship. Yeah, that's true on uh, Google. Uh, all right. Washington, D.C., January 4th, 2021. It's now clear that the U.S. House Democratic leadership's descent into depravity is complete. According to newly revealed House rules for the just for the just which, which has just begun the 117th Congress, terms such as father, daughter, mother, and son, as well as gendered pronouns, are banned. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said the new rules reflect the views and values of the full range of our historically diverse House Democratic majority. All right. Um, and as if to make the depravity of their obsession with gender inclusiveness abundantly clear, during yesterday's first session of the new year, Representative Emmanuel Cleaver, Clever um, ended the opening prayer by declaring, Amen and Ah Woman. I can't get over that. I really can't. <laughs> Hold on here. Let's look at let's check this. Okay, let's not bother. <laughs> I just can't get over it. I'm sorry. All right, he's um, I think he's a Democrat from Missouri. Maybe I'm not too sure. To the ancient biblical Hebrew word "Amen," which means "May it be so," clever, clever added a made-up nonsensical word because amen sounds to Democrats like an offensive reference to males. <laughs> a prayer opening the 117th Congress concluded amen and a woman. Amen translates to so be it. And he doesn't, he doesn't seem to know that. May the God who created the world and everything in it bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face to shine upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon us and give us peace. Peace in our families, peace across this land. And dare I ask, O oh Lord, 
peace even in this chamber, now and evermore. We ask it in the name of the monotheistic God, Brahma, and God known by many names, by many different faiths. A man and a woman. <laughs> the representatives elect and their guests will please remain standing and join in the pledge. May the God who created the world right. and everything in it bless us. Okay. There you go. He didn't sound very... I mean, I thought he was a minister. Now I know he's not. He's actually an elected representative from Missouri. Oh, boy. If I was if I was a, a, a resident of that state, I would not be happy with him at all. Oh, goodness. This is... He, he sounded so stupid. I know. I keep saying it. I shouldn't. But it's true. All this cannot be written off as silliness of political co correctness within the Democratic Party. It's not silly at all. It's diabolical. I agree. A coup against reality. What is, what is going on? This is a pivotal movement in the history of the United States in which reveals the determination of many in the leadership to reject reality and embrace delusion in the name of totalitarian power. We are witnessing a coup against reality, against science and nature, and above all, truth, as liberal elites seek to establish and enforce a false construction of reality, an ideological pseudo-reality. The events of this past weekend create a public record documenting the transformation of liberal, liberal leadership into cult leadership. Psychopaths, cowards, and ra rationalizers. It must be observed that people who accept pseudo realities as though they are real are no longer normal people, wrote Dr. James Lindsay in Psycho uh, Psychopathy and the Origins of Totalitarianism. That's an interesting book I I'm willing to read. Persistently published just a few days before the new Congress began. Lindsay's work draws heavily upon Catholic philosopher Joseph Pepper's abuse of, abuse of language, abuse of power, published five decades ago. While Lindsay addressed no specific social issues or personalities in his excellent essay, it sheds bright light on recent developments in the newly seated U.S. House of Representatives led by Democrats. The ultimate purpose of creating a pseudo-reality is power, said Lindsay. Pseudo-realities, being false and unreal, will always generate tragedy and evil on a scale that is at least proportional to the reach of their grip on power, which is their chief interest, whether social, cultural, economic, political, or particularly a combination of several of these, he warned. Such false realities require power, coercion, manipulation, and eventually force to keep them in place. Thus, they are the natural playground of psychopaths. They are, un they are enabled by cowards and rationalizers, wrote Lindsay. Most importantly, pseudo-realities do not attempt to describe reality as, as it is, but rather as it should be as determined by the relatively small fraction of the population who cannot bear living in reality unless it is bent to enable their own psychopath uh, psychopathologies, which will be projected upon their enemies, which means all normal people. Does this sound like everything that happened in the summer? Does it sound like everything, the, the, the riots, the protests, the attack against the churches, the pulling down the statues, the rejection of Lincoln, the rejection of Columbus. Does this sound like what we just went through? Okay, if I read the book a couple of weeks ago, The Devil and Karl Marx. Karl Marx sounds exactly like what this man is describing here. Okay, it probably also, I'm sure it describes Adolf Hitler. 
I'm sure it describes all every single one of them. When you meet an activist, they're 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 usually constantly trying uh, to reshape the world in their own image. Come on, you go on a subway and you see somebody wearing a mask and some young girl, and it's like stop eating meat or now you hear someone like bill gates who wants to change the world who thinks he's he's claiming he's trying to save the world but he wants to get rid of cow and he wants to he wants to create a whole new system of uh, of of um of keeping track of people what about someone like zuckerberg the founder of facebook or the guy who owns twitter or the people on on Google or or YouTube who basically want to tell us to believe something that's not that's not true they're telling us the election has been called for and they lost it remember all that this is this is what we this is what we're going through these people have a an, a a very unsettling view of reality and they want to change the whole world to become what they want it to be Wow. All right, so let's go on a little bit more. Most important, pseudo-realities do not attempt to describe reality as it is, but rather as it should be, as determined by the relatively small fraction of the population who cannot bear living in reality, unless it is bent to enable their own psychopathologies, which will be projected upon their enemies, which means all normal people. Deadly language games. Democrats' control over the meaning and usage of words in the 117th Congress is an abuse of language, which will enable abuse of power. The Democrats are employing discourse engineering in order to achieve their larger goal of social engineering. These manipulations are therefore attractive to people with strong inclinations to control other people or to take power, particularly when they are of moderately high intelligence, relatively well-off and linguistically savvy, while perhaps lacking in other more concretely valuable skills, said Lindsay. The real alchemy of the pseudo-realist of ideological project is, according to Lindsay, turning normal, mostly healthy people into psychologically, emotionally, and spiritually broken water carriers who can no longer cope adequately with the features of reality and thus must prefer the pseudo-reality that was built to receive them, and more importantly, to make strategic, uh, strategic use of them. The true alchemy of pseudo-realist program, it transforms normal, moral people into immoral agents who must perpetuate evil to feel good and perceive evil, perceive as evil those who do good. He reiterated, he reiterated, sorry, he restated, I'm sorry, I can't pronounce that word for some reason right now. Evil, the new morality, is a Evil. The new morality is a perversion of morality. The paramorality para promoted in this pseudo-reality of gender politics will always be repressive and totalitarian, said Lindsay. Dissent and doubt cannot be tolerated, and disagreement must be uh, coordinated off into a moral pit that adherents dare not approach. Paramorality is a particular type of perversion of morality that can feel more moral than moral itself, but is in fact evil, he said. It is the, the, the domain of psychopathy, which when inflicted on the normal masses is evil. Lindsay elaborated, the goal of the paramorality will always arise from and coexist to favor people with particular psychopath psychopathologies who can not otherwise cope with the discomfort of reality. This implies that an ideological pseudo-reality is mo uh, most successful means of gaining strength and is through appealing to the perceived victimhood of those people and whipping up the grievance of those who have suffered similar injustices with more dignity. When wildly empowered, this should be retreated 
as another symptom of impending civilizational uh, civilizational calamity and a need to identify and reject the pursuit of reality, manipulating these feelings. Wow. Okay, so technically this whole thing, because if you look at the beginning, eliminate father, mother, father, uh, son, father, son, daughter, mother, son, daughter, which I'm assuming also is husband and wife, which I'm assuming is also probably like grandparents and everything else. So the idea behind it is to destroy the human family, to basically reinvent the human family, to basically pervert it, to deny it. So, which is also husband and wife, because then you got to you got to you got to go right to the beginning. So if you're going to remove man and woman, you got to remove husband and wife, and if you're going to remove husband and wife, you got to remove father and mother. You got to remove father and mother. You have to also remove father, son, daughter, which means you got to remove mother, son, daughter, which also means you're going to have to get rid of grandparents, grandfather and grandmother. Right? Man and woman, boy, girl, all these particular things is basically denial of reality. And Nancy Pelosi, mind you, is supposed to be a Catholic. She's supposed to be a Roman Catholic. She's supposed to be a Roman Catholic. We also have Joe Biden, who's supposed to be a Roman Catholic. Both of them claim that Roman Catholicism is very important to them. Right? It's not. Because here's the thing. What are you going to do next? Are you going to outlaw the Our Father prayer? Are you going to outlaw the Hail Mary prayer? Are you going to outlaw in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Are you going to, are you going to basically, because there have been people that tried to do that with the Bible. They tried to come up with the, I mean, they, they tried that several times with the new American Bible, which is why I hate that Bible because it's a horrible, it's a horrible translation. Not to mention the footnotes are basically from, from uh perverted, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, atheists who snuck their Bible, who snuck their ideas in there. The footnotes are, are loaded with constant with constant doubt and destruction of the faith. It completely denies the faith. There's not one quote, a healthy quote in there, at least a good quote from the church fathers. You would think they would create a Bible that supports church fathers, that, that, that the church fathers would support it, help you read the scriptures. They, don't, they didn't come up with that. Everything in there is basically um, secular, secular uh, humanist approach to scripture study. Everything in there is basically uh, modernist, uh, historical critical method outside of the church. A historical critical method that basically denies the theology and, and teaching. Not one thing in there basically from the catechism. Okay, and they tried basically to, to pervert the Psalms by coming up with inclusive Psalms. I'm just saying to you is that this is something that's been going on for a long time. And now it's unmasking. This whole coronavirus thing, the whole shutdown, everything has been a coming out party. You better hope that we win those two seats in Georgia. You better hope it. Because this, if this, if, if, if this doesn't go through, then I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, but we're heading towards a serious, serious, complete breakdown. Because a lot of people are not going to take this. Let's go on. Okay. The people, these people, as many have learned the hard way throughout history, are the otherwise good people who are capable of perpetuating genocide, observed Lindsay. This is very interesting here. Let me go back a little bit. When widely empowered, this should be treated as another symptom of impending civilizational calamity and a need to identify and reject the pursuit of reality, manipulating these feelings. These people, as many have learned, 
the hard way throughout history are are the otherwise good people who are capable of perpetuating genocide, observed Lindsay. In the end, the route that leaders of the Democratic Party have chosen will lead to complete reversal of sanity and the conversion of normal to normal to ideologically uh, psychopathic. And all of this will have been accomplished under the banner of sexual revolution. It goes back to that. It goes back to that. It, it always goes back to that. It always goes back to the sexual revolution. It always goes back to to that. It's amazing. Sorry about it. I really, really need to learn how to turn off these things. It's really uh, terrible because he's right about that. These people, a lot of them are unhappy. I've met them. I've met people who are constantly just cannot settle um, with their homosexuality. Uh, I've met people who looked for, for fault in Catholicism in every corner. I've met people who, um, who basically uh, looked for everything to conform, conform, uh, conform them or help them to, 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 solicit, to, to give them an excuse not to believe to to give them uh uh the the excuse to abandon catholicism and to embrace um their unhappy of uh, the, the, the their their sexual uh problem basically i've met people with homosexual uh tendencies who basically uh, struggle with Catholicism. They know what the Catholic faith teaches. They know what what the what the Church teaches. They know what the Scripture says. But they can't. They they wrestle. They wrestle with faith, and they wrestle with their homosexuality. They wrestle with um, with their with with the fact of having children or not having children, or wrestling with abortion. Or wrestling uh, with, you know, with you know, it's it's constantly. And then what happens? They go to the extreme. They wound up embracing something that makes them hate their faith and hate themselves and hate the world even more. And you know, it just it just gets worse. It just continues to get worse, and it leads them to more unhappiness. Um, it's it's sad, but it's true. Okay. Um. All right. Will this be a turning point in the sexual revolution? Liberal elites led by five members of the U.S. Supreme Court dealt a substantial, a substantial blow in re, to reality, as well as a civil and religious liberty. In 2015, when they altered the um, immutable definition of marriage to include genderless, anti-complementary marriage, more recently, they have expanded the definition of sex as a matter of civil rights to include transgendered individuals. Something is desperately wrong, desperately wrong with when the supposed brightest legal minds in the nation determine that sodomy constitutes consummation of marriage and genitalia are no longer in, in, indective of gender. Or where a child, whether unborn or recently born, is not considered a human being, but is something to be snuffed out and disposed of in the trash. Sexual revolutionaries have succeeded in this quest against human dignity because a blanket of dullness, darkness, and depravity has been settling over our nation and the rest of the civilized world for several decades. Our only hope is to refute the Democrats' embrace of unreality and reject it, refuse to be coerced and resist participating in their distorted view of reality before their psychopathy attains totalitarian power. May the corrupt, prayerful declaration of our woman, uttered unselfconsciously in the halls of Congress, Trivializing both God and humanity be a turning point where Americans resolve to reject unreality and delusion and insist that our legislative leaders return to reality. 
Use this link to read all of Dr. James Lindsay's excellent essay, Psychopathy, Origins of Totalitarianism. Oh, wow. This is extremely serious. I mean, we do see it. We do see it in, in a lot of things. I mean, look at look what happened in the book in the Garden of Eden. I mean, basically after the fall, it brought a disruption between Adam and Eve. Um and you see this basically um as it as it as it digressed, uh the next thing what happened was Cain murdered his brother Abel. And then Cain's descendants dominated the world and it was violence, constant violence. And they say, they often say that the the fact that reason why God brought on the flood was because of the um the psych the the the, the descendants of Cain didn't just practice homosexuality, probably practiced bestiality according to rabbinical teachings, according to rabbinical commentary. Because there are commentaries explaining why, why God decided to build to tell to tell Noah and his family to build an ark, and created it with second, first, second, and third decks, and why the animals went into the ark two by two, male and female according to their kind. Because according, because according to the rabbinical teachings, the world, the time of mankind, the world of men decided to pervert creation. That they were actually practicing uh, animalistic sexuality. They were practicing that. That the descendants of Cain went into a satanic rituals with animals. And therefore the, the, the story of Noah and the ark was a statement by God. The ark was God taking back his creation. It was, uh, it was, it, you know, an ark sort of similar in the sense it was a tabernacle and he brought back. And what did he do? He washed away the previous world that has been corrupted by sin. Of course, then what happens next is that no, uh, unfortunately, sin continued. Not that God, God wasn't being naive and foolish, because then we got to go to the next problem. The sexual revolution continued. Right? When we get to the part about um, Noah planting a vineyard and he got drunk. It's the, the text actually begins in a very interesting way. Hold on. All right, here it is. This is Genesis chapter nine. And we're going to begin. Um, let's begin with verse 18. The sons of Noah who went forth from the ark were Shem, Ham, and Jebeth. Ham was the father of Canaan. Notice how the verse in verse 18 suddenly says Ham was the father of Canaan. Where did Canaan came from? Because notice what, how it begins. The sons of Noah who went forth from the ark were Shem, Ham, and Jebeth. Shem, Ham, and Jebeth came out of the ark along with their father Noah. There was no Canaan. These three were the sons of Noah. And from these, the whole world, the whole earth was populated. Now it goes to verse 20. Noah was the first tiller of the soil, the first tiller of the soil of the new world. Not that he never tilled the soil before. It was as he was the first to till the soil in the new creation, the, the, the one that was purified by sin. Noah was the first tiller of the soil. He planted a vineyard and he drank of the wine and became drunk and lay uncovered. Now, it doesn't say that he never drank wine or there was no wine before, but he probably was happy that he, he managed to create wine and he got a little drunk. He got drunk, unfortunately. He went overboard with it. Noah was the first tiller of the soil. He planted a vineyard and he drank of the wine and became drunk and lay uncovered in his tent. And Ham, now this is the part here you got to pay close attention. 
Ham, the father of Canaan, notice it mentions the name Canaan again, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. Then Shem and Jebeth took a garment, laid it upon both their shoulders, and walked backward and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were, their faces were turned away, and they did not see their father's nakedness. When Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his youngest son had done to him, he said, Cursed be Canaan, a slave of slaves shall he be to his brothers. He also, and, and so why? Why, why curse Canaan? When it was Ham who, who, you know, first of all, what would, what was looking upon his father's nakedness? You're telling me they never saw their father naked? They never saw their father bathe? What's so big about looking about your father being naked? I mean, we have all witnessed our dad. Maybe dad helped us take a bath or something like that. It's not unusual. But what was it? And why the other two brothers had to walk backwards? See, Protestants before have always thought that because it was shameful to look at. No, it wasn't that. Why? What was it? The term look upon their father naked, nakedness was a respectable term of, in other words, we've heard was uncover their father's nakedness or uncover their father's bed. The way Absalom took all his father's concubines to the top of the rooftops of Jerusalem and bedded them in front of all Jerusalem. It was Ham, probably either one had an affair with Noah's wife. It was probably not his direct mother, probably his mother, his stepmother, or raped his father's wife, which caused the the conception of Canaan, which is he went and told his brothers what he did or what, you know, what he did. It says here, he says he went and told his brothers the wine and, and, and Ham, the father again, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. He walked out of the tent and told his two brothers what he just did. It probably, if we build up a little bit, it probably led to a very violent altercation between his two brothers. Maybe it was a young woman that married Noah, and maybe, who knows, Ham, whatever it was, Ham was not a nice guy. Ham was a jerk. Ham brought sin back he destroyed paradise it didn't take long right didn't it? it didn't take long for the devil to get into his heart and he seduced he 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 manipulated ham to commit an evil act which resulted in the birth of canaan and canaan became the father of the canaanites and they were a vile and they were a people who practiced perversion and and look what he, he goes, he wakes up and he says, Cursed be Canaan, a slave of slaves shall he be to his brothers. He also said, Blessed be the Lord, Lord my God, be Shem, and let Canaan be his slave. God enlarges, enlarge Jebeth, and let him dwell in the tents of Shem, and let Canaan be his slave. After the flood, Noah lived 300 years, and it continues, and it talks about, Ham here. Notice what it goes on to say. These are the generations of sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Jebeth. Now it goes on to Jebeth. Now it goes on to Ham. The sons of Ham became Cush, Egypt. Now remember, the Egyptians practiced ancestral marriages between brothers and sisters. Put and Canaan, the sons of Cush. And then it goes on to say, well, afterward, Canaan became the father of Sedan, the firstborn of Heth, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites, and the Gergeshites, and the Hevites, and the Argites, and all the, and he goes on here, and the territory of Canaan extended from 
set in the direction of Gerir, as far as Gaza, and in the direction of Sodom and Gomorrah. All right? So you see, it's, again, sexual perversion, uh, abuse of sex, abuse of sex in a horrible way, and now we see why people invent all this stuff because they're trying to wipe out their guilt. They're trying to reinvent language because it's a psychological, psychological response to their perversion. To reinvent it. To reinvent all these things so that basically they can get rid of the word sin, the word guilt, the word sexual abuse, the word immorality. Get rid of all these things so that you don't have to feel good so they can control you. Sex is used as a weapon. And they want to, and they, their gender inclusiveness, gender ideology, um, you know, uh, all kinds of, all these different terminology of different genders because they want to create a reality that doesn't exist. I'm going to end it here. Uh, I'm going to come back and I'm going to read this article again and I'm going to read the article by the professor, the essay. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna look into this a little bit more because I think this is something we all need to look into, and we're gonna need to compare it to see what Scripture says because it's important that we understand these things. Um, it's uh, it's it's something to really you know to really think about. We got to be aware. You got to be sharp. You cannot let these people in government do this, and unfortunately, it entered. Our church, you know, with people like Father James Martin and other bishops who have brought their perversion into the church. Do you see how they wrestle? They 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 want God and they want their 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 um their perversion. If God can't accept them, then maybe they have to reinvent God and reinvent Catholicism and reinvent the Christian faith so that it can include their perversion. That's this is this is it. This is this is it's it's a psychopathic mental disorder. It's an emotional disorder and it's a response of guilt. They can't they can't run away. All right, let's end it here with uh, a prayer in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.